This is Nerd Podcast Radio, brought to you by our patrons at patreon.com slash nerdpodcastradio. Check out and support us on Patreon for tons of content, including a bonus episode for each episode. If you'd like to reach out to us, the best way to do that is our Nerd Podcast Radio Facebook page, where we share all sorts of nerdy stuff. You can also find us on Instagram, at Nerd Podcast Radio, and on Twitter, at Nerdcast Radio. Don't forget to review us on iTunes or whatever podcast provider you use. Reviews are important as they help our podcast grow. Thanks for listening, everyone. Enjoy the show. Welcome to Nerd Podcast Radio, your nerd home away from home. Welcome to Nerd Podcast Radio. This is Super Vegan Brian, and I'm by myself right now because Michael is watching the last scene of the last episode of Supernatural Season 14 on YouTube because he missed it, and he doesn't mind spoilers. And he wanted to see the awesomeness of the last episode of season 14. I'm not going to spoil it here, but he didn't mind getting it spoiled. And now he's super hyped for season 15. I'm just going to talk while we're waiting for Mikey. Um, But today we're going to talk about the epic things that happened in the epic nerdy weekend where um, Game of Thrones had episode three, Winterfell. we're going to talk a little bit about Supernatural, but the most thing we're the, the the thing this episode is about is Avengers Endgame, where we're going to go into our favorite moments, our um, favorite character, our theories for the future, um, loose ends. We're going to talk about time travel. We're going to talk about everything. So this is going to be a spoiler episode for Avengers Infinity War. So. If you haven't seen it yet, do not watch this episode because it's all we're going to be talking about. Um, you can probably get away with watching, with listening to our What's Nerdy With You without seeing it, but we're probably going to drop some spoilers there too. Heavy spoilers for Avengers Infinity War, so this is your final warning. Be careful about watching this episode if you haven't seen, um, not Infinity War, but Endgame. If you haven't seen Avengers Endgame, do not listen to this episode. Um, so... I um, have had a week of nerdy, but I don't want to share my nerdiest thing yet, but I have been addicted to Fallout Shelter, the mobile game from Bethesda, where you build a vault like in the Fallout game. Oh, Mikey's back. Unmute your mic. Holy crap, dude. <laughs> oh, that is that that's so freaking intense. Now we're not spoiling the season finale of Supernatural. I, I mean, okay, that's that's fine, but jeez. Oh, and the song was perfect. It made you, I mean, even though you're behind on Supernatural, it made you all hyped for season 15, huh? Oh, entirely, because I haven't seen season 14. I, I've, I've just, I haven't had time to watch my, I mean, which just really makes me sad, because I love supernatural you know i mean i was one of the out of all my friends i was the first one to watch it you know back when season one came out i watched it new and i loved the show but i'm just i'm I'm a bad fan i fell behind the the whole entire thing's on netflix now 
Yeah, I know. I need to watch it because I have Netflix. So I got. I need to watch season fourteen. Well, we're going to talk about finales and climaxes and all that crazy stuff that happened on that weekend. Um, but first, we're going to play everyone's favorite game, What's Nerdy With You, where the two of us will share the nerdiest thing we've done in the past few weeks, and then we'll see who had the nerdiest thing. Um, we'll, you know, I don't think we really need to use Mike Myler's widget system for just two people, so let's just share some nerdy stuff, and then we'll just share our opinions. I like it. So, Mikey, what was nerdy with you? Uh, so I ran a session of my game a little little bit ago. As I haven't been on the episode since then. And I have to say, I took part in one of the greatest moments with my cleric. The greatest? Well, wait. You're GMing. Yes. I'm taking part I, and because this was, this was just an all-around nerd moment for my entire table, me included, as a GM. Okay, what was the moment? So, uh, okay, a little backstory. My team of brave adventurers known as the misfits has been originally enlisted to go into the tunnels under the city of Amon and try and stop mugging originally tried to stop muggings that have been happening in in a park and they find themselves uh, negotiating with the clasp and the clasp tells them that they will basically halt production on that and release a prisoner they were looking for on top of it for a private contract if they go and figure out what the uh, tribe of kobolds that had moved into the city was do was worshiping that caused them to you know kill class members and other people in the city of course you know they find out and you know it's kobolds so it's obvious they they're worship they worship a dragon well they watch in secret from across the vill- the underground village that this giant primordial dragon you know, basically come out, eat eat a bunch of class members that they had captured, and then go back down its tunnel. Well, they're like, well, let's sneak over there and we'll we'll go. And as they're sneaking, one of the alchemists says, well, maybe we should like make them think we work for the dragon and like get them to you know attack the class. You know, if we weaken the class, they can't do the muggings anymore, and then we'll be okay. And I'm like, oh my gosh, these guys are coming up with something very insane, and. Like oh, maybe we'll go, and so they just start going, and then the, they keep going, and they get to the dais where the dragon was, where his tunnel is, and they walk up it, and they they stop and they're like, are we gonna do this? And they're like, I we'll we'll worry about it later. We can handle the dragon first. And they go to go down the tunnel, and right before they go down the tunnel, the cleric turns around, faces the village in the middle of the night, and yells that he is an envoy of the dragon and that they need to listen to him and come hither and basically it's like basically come hither and give heed. And everybody in the party looked at him and was just like, The fuck did you just do? And I had him roll a performance check, and as a cleric, he had like nothing in it, like and he did it he like he rolled decent he got like an 18 this story sounds familiar did you share this last episode i didn't think i shared it i think i told you about it oh okay okay <laughs> i told you about it did, well, yeah because we talked on the phone in between we don't yeah. generally talk on the phone in, oh no we met in person yeah i told you I about was this there <laughs> i know but, yeah no i told you about That's this but i played this on the podcast okay. because the way yeah, yeah. Here. we haven't talked about it on the podcast sorry listeners i almost stopped him from talking <laughs> it's all right and so the chief of the kobolds comes out when and he's and what i didn't tell you is that he was flanked by like eight quicklings they were they're his personal guard and 
flanked by them and he comes out and they and after a short exchange of words and some really good persuasion bluff rolls he's about to get them to like they're starting to listen to him and believe him he failed one roll like it was it was a bad fail and they were starting to get suspicious of him and then he starts giving a sermon in abyssal and i without because none of them speak abyssal so as he's giving a sermon in abyssal it's like okay fine roll roll a religion check and to see like basically how his his sermon was going in abyssal and if he was truly you know putting forth his effort and he rolled really high and as i translated it to basically it was almost an intimidated check he, he ends up basically ended up scaring them into thinking he was like an angry acolyte to the dragon and they like fall to the ground prostrate prostrate and they're just like we will do whatever you want what do you want and he sends them to kill he sends the entire village of 100 kobolds to attack the class headquarters wow everybody but the chief went even all their quicklings oh wow what they they walked under uh one of the one where they were on the wall, they walked under a cluster of five, bo- uh, five like you know, like the little like they look like birdhouses almost. They're attached, but they're attached to the wall. And there's a little ladder, and they're like, and you see like a little blue quickling hand hanging out. And they thought it was a home that contained one quickling each, and there were five homes. Well, they watched those those quickling homes empty out, and six quicklings come out of each one, and they had to do a stealth check directly below them. If they oh. would have failed, they would have got swarmed. And they didn't fail. Luckily, like uh, the the cleric on that one, he actually failed the uh, he was the only one that failed the stealth check. So like his group basically carried him through on a group check. So but yeah, they were just like, yeah, great. And like as everybody's filtering out, like his two two of his cobalt guards before they left, he was like, he's like, oh, well, you're going to the dragon here. Here the, the we you know, here's our latest tribute to him. We just haven't taken it to him. We were doing it in the morning, but since you're going, take it. And they drop like two bags of gold and it's basically anything that's gold or silver that they that they could find. And they're like, and you know and they're like, Oh, is there anything else we could use, you know, to to help? And they basically give him an uh an that speaks common brokenly. So they have they have a they have a an, an adolescent Otiug that speaks common cool oh my gosh it was great and then they convinced it to help them it's now their best friend they named it ludo like like labyrinth ludo yes smell bad yep that's what he said to the uh the half-orc alchemist who fell into a dragon (laughs) hold on a second i have to tell you what just happened What's that? I said smell bad, and all of a sudden I hear Heather behind me. Rocks, Fred. <laughs> <laughs> Your guys' relationship is magic. Oh, <laughs> uh, so yeah, he he. So now he thinks that the uh, every time he talks to the half orc alchemist, now he calls him smell bad. <laughs> oh, that's great. Oh yeah, he helped him fight the dragon and beat the dragon. I I um when you first told me that story, it made me want to run a campaign. Or play in a campaign with a um, Odiog con artist. Oh my gosh, that sounds amazing. Doesn't that sound great? Oh, I did you hear about this sad news? I, I just looked at um, my news feed. Uh, the guy who played the Red uh, Ninja Storm Ranger uh, he passed away. Oh, I don't know. I'm not familiar with that show. Pua Magaviza. Uh, he was the he's one of the first Samoan uh, actors to play in Power Rangers, and the only one to play a Red Ranger. 
We lost Peter Mayhew last week, too. I know. It's a, who's going to be our third nerdy? Because I, I know it's morbid and, and, and cold to say this, but, you know, it, it just seems like everything happens in threes. So I'm, I'm really... Robert Downey Jr. Oh, you son of a... Yeah, yeah. That's what you get for mentioning that. The cat knocked my mic cable out of the mic. Oh, yeah. Hello? Yeah, hello. I hear you. Yeah, she knocked my headset cable, so I couldn't hear you for a minute. Heather's shutting the door. <laughs> well, that's because you said Robert Downey Jr., you son of a bitch. <laughs> She's like, no, he's not dead. <laughs> She's like, don't you fucking say that. <laughs> it's not okay. Uh, but yeah, yeah, it's a sad, sad week for nerds, considering there's uh, his season, though. The Ninja Storm season was one of the regarded as one of the most famous seasons for Power Rangers. So, you know what my nerdy thing was? Yeah, I was about to say, but we'll talk about that later. For now, Brian, what's nerdy with you? Um, I went to California and listened to you tell that entire story. And then listened to it again. <laughs> it was that good. Um, I, um, I fired up um, Shadowrun Hong Kong again. Okay. I haven't played it since I got it. So I, I, I beat it before, and now I'm playing it again. And um, the first time I play it, I didn't realize that there were companion quests. So I'm going through all the companion quests where you it's really, really time consuming because you have to like have full conversations with all your companions. Ah, um, have you do you play much? Have you played much isometric computer RPGs? Not a ton of them. I love them. I love that like interactive story. Um, Shadowrun Hong Kong. If you so the Shadowrun games, if I know you're not familiar with them at all, right? No, no, I have never so, played them. Shadowrun games are. Um, story-based games in the Shadowrun universe where the general format is you have a safe house, you have a computer where you get missions, you get a team, you develop relationships with your team, you go on the computer, you get your missions, you do your missions, and then there's an overarching story happening at the same time. All right. Um, The Shadowrun Hong Kong is based around there's like an ancient... Um, there's like an ancient demon curse going on in this slum and you have to figure out what oh, we're doing more cat stuff in the background so sorry about the noise Momo is complaining about not being allowed in the room go ahead leave it open leave it open maybe she'll she'll hide for a while because she was a bad cat cat loves disrupting the podcast um I'm like, you know what? This is my house. I'm allowed to do this. Open the door. Let me walk on that keyboard and fuck shit up. So back to Shadowrun. Shadowrun back is Shadowrun. this um it's in the future. It's sort of like um it's like um Noromancer, it's in the future, everything's cybernetic. There's also orcs and trolls and dragons. It there's this big magical awakening happened and in the future everything's also Everything's magic, everything's cyberpunk, too. And you go on these, like, clandestine missions, clandestine missions, and it's a fun game. The combat is turn-based tactical. So you have to take cover, you have to be very careful, because combat's dangerous, and it's really easy to die. Like, you can die on easy mode, easily. It's not, easy mode isn't just a story-based no-threat mode, it's, it's deadly, even, in easy mode. It's an extremely hard game in normal or hard. Oh, yeah? Um, 
I am playing this time as a troll, uh, a troll street samurai with lots of cybernetic enhancements. But I've played the game before as shamans and mages and um, deckers. Deckers is the hacker in Shadowrun. Um, there's lots of like going inside the matrix, and it's very similar to um, Neuromancer, the book, and they're going inside the matrix, which is what the matrix's matrix was based on. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. The, um, when I read Neuromancer, I was like, wow, he's using a lot of words that were used in Shadowrun. And then when I finished the book, I was like, wow, Shadowrun ripped this book off. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Like, they even have the thing where, like, Neuromancer invented the thing where you, like, plug a chip into your neck and you get a skill based on the chip. Really? Yeah. Okay, that's actually interesting. Now, the Matrix, they were open that they based a lot of this, their stuff on Neuromancer, that it was, like, inspired by. But the Matrix was its own thing. Shadowrun is basically Neuromancer, except that there's also orcs and dragons and stuff. I think that's how they got away with it. But I, I'm, okay. I'm in love with the setting. I, 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 I try to find books that are like Shadowrun. I read the Shadowrun novels. I like the whole Shadowrun concept. I like the idea of being off the grid and doing, like, thievery and assassination missions and stuff like that it's it's fun stuff i love it i also love tactical turn-based combat um my next game i'm gonna be picking up this week and i'll probably talk about in next episode is wasteland 2 which is created by the original developers of the fallout video game the first fallout which was turn-based tactical isometric and they made a game that's turn-based tactical isometric up to date, which is sort of like the spiritual sequel of Fallout, since Fallout went more third person, and it's okay. after after and starting with Fallout Three. So yeah, lots of video gaming. I um I think your story is the nerdiest thing this week. I mean maybe being that I've heard it twice and you didn't change any details, you just said it like you were reading it reading it from a script. Well, it it was just one of the best things honestly because like literally everybody's jaws dropped at the table when he did that and then they were i was just like oh great if he fails like like if he if he can't like if he can't pull himself out of any failures they're they're gonna have to fight they're gonna have to try and fight like a hundred kobolds i um so i was telling you last time you were on about um i watched that critical role video about spurt <laughs> and how spurt died epically it was beautiful i ran a game once where the players were going through they had a choice they could go down this way into a swamp or they can go into the deeper forest and they decided to go into the swamp and they got into an encounter where one of the party members ran up and it was this giant lizard man and i described him i'm like you 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 encounter standing at the crossroads is this white skinned lizard man with spikes all over his skin, which would be intimidating if he also wasn't wearing this black scale armor with the skulls of different animals and humanoids um, stuck to it on all the spikes on it. And he's carrying a giant black hammer and he's twice the size of the other lizard man you ran into. And the party immediately goes, we attack. I'm going to roll for initiative. One of the people in the party, this was D&D 3.5, and one of the people in the party was playing a marshal. And the marshal runs up and charges the lizard man, and the lizard man attacks him, rolls a crit, does like 80 damage, and I say, 
He smashes his hammer down into his head, which completely caves into his head. His brains go flying across the battlefield and land on the cleric. And the cleric just yells, if you didn't want us to go that way, you should have just told us. <laughs> oh, so my the, God. Yeah. If you didn't want to go, us to go that way, you should have just told us. I was like, no, it just, it, you, 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 I didn't expect you to attack him. <laughs> He's a big, scary lizard man blocking the way. I mean, if you're going to attack the big, scary guy, you, ex- I mean, what do you expect to never die in combat? <laughs> <laughs> you should have just said so. <laughs> if you didn't want us to go that way, you should have just told us. <laughs> That's just great. <laughs> so we're talking about Avengers Infinity War this morning. And, um, you know, why don't you, you take the intro, Mikey? Because we, we were talking about this before the episode. Okay. So today we, me and Brian, decided that in spite of Erica and, and her constant pleads for us not to do it, we're going, we're, it's not necessarily review, but we're going to talk about predominantly in uh, not infinity war avengers in game things we like well, things that probably didn't so we probably didn't like which i doubt there's much of that well, I, in my head i still think of it as infinity war part 2 now erica saw it and she's mad at us for doing this but we're going to have to wait Let, let's think of it this way we're probably going to talk about infinity war next time too because mikey doesn't come on fridays erica's going to be on the friday episode and i didn't want to deprive Mikey, of this conversation, it's not like I care about talking about Infinity more more, more than once or Endgame. So I'm going to keep I'm just going to keep correcting myself uh, about Infinity War Endgame more than once. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in. So sorry, Erica, you could have been here, but you're running a 5K this morning. Yeah. Boo you for being healthy. Oh, no, we're supposed to tell people um, we're supposed to tell the guests that something the, the, the sci-fi reason why she's gone. She's running a 5K in space. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, but it's like one of those extreme ones where, you know, like how in most sci-fi movies, like, like oh, yeah, this super eccentric billionaire has made a, a 5K in space. And at first it was like, oh, that's really great. But then when the, everybody gets there and they're like, okay, your waiver's signed? Great. By the way, you're all going to be out running you know, these genetically engineered space zombies that we created because, you know what, we're rich and we're immoral, amoral scientists. So let's, we wanted to see if we could do it. We did. So uh, run. Well, let me look at the, the, the extra dimensional portal. Bloop, 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 bloop. Okay. <laughs> um, it looks like Erica is – well, it's not really exciting. She just went and she's running in the Stark 5K for cystic fibrosis in the MCU universe. I mean, there's no, like, Marvel characters there or anything. She's just running in a 5K with, like, normal people. But it's Tony Stark's 5K for well, cystic fibrosis. That's beautiful. Yeah. Well, wait, wait. Uh, it's also, there's a there's a bottom one, you know, also. It's uh, cystic fibrosis brought on... Uh, through uh, through birth caused through uh, material contaminations during the Wachovia incident. Is it Wachovia? It's not Wachovia. It's Slakovia. I thought Sokovia? it was. Wa- I always. It's Sokovia. Yeah, Sokovia. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Sokovia. I um. Okay, so let's jump into this favorite moment in the movie. Well, let's let's start a little differently. I I have this right. like I have this outline, but I'm gonna 
go off a little bit. So let's just talk about the whole movie from beginning to end. So beginning of the movie, we got what's going on. The beginning of the movie is going on is it takes place right after the snapping. Everybody there, they're trying to figure out where everybody went, what's happening. And they are there. It's, it's honestly just them trying to figure out what the hell really happened. And one thing is, okay, there, there's uh, to me, there's auto- automatically a continuity error in it because first of all, Tony's trying to get back. He's in the ship. The fuel cells are gone. He looks emaciated. Like he's been out there for weeks with with not enough food, water or exercise. And, but when they go to the planet that Thanos is on and, you know, and confront him, the Hulk says, you used them two days ago. Can you explain to me how that makes sense? Because I can't figure it out. So there was some time stuff going on in Infinity War. So you had Tony Stark goes to space and fights Thanos. And then the whole thing going on with um, the whole thing happened in, in Wakovia. In Wakanda. Wakanda, Wakovia, God With damn it, <laughs> God damn it, Mikey, you infected me. Um, yeah, it's almost like you 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 said Infinity War instead of Endgame too. Yes. <laughs> um, cool. So no, I'm actually talking about Infinity War first. Okay. So in Infinity War, you had Tony Stark's battle. That whole thing happened. Then they did the whole thing. Then they did the snap. Then they had. They don't show how much time went by. It could have been months before they all got back together at Avengers headquarters. Didn't they yes. say 23 days later? Yeah, but then he says you used them two days ago to Thanos directly. So I'm Yeah, wondering. because it said 23 days later, and then Thanos had used it 22 days later, or 21 days later. It works. Okay. I mean, it, you'd get emaciated if you were up there. No, no, I know that. No, I know that. Yeah. That, 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 that's my thing, though, is like, because I knew it was that, like, so many days later. But they're like, but then Banner was saying, you know, he used him two days ago. So I was wondering, like, what he meant by that. Because, yeah. like, did he did he use him and I not real again and I not realize it? Yeah, it was about a month later, and then he used it near the end of that month. Okay, so that's probably it was just a detail I overlooked. Because he probably had to recover after the first snap. Yeah. But plus, that, honestly, I was I was also reeling from the fact that they they bum rushed him instantly, like, and cut his freaking arm off. And then Thor's like, by the way, now I'm going to do something that's going to surprise the crap all of you because none of you have ever seen me kill anyone before. Takes his freaking head. It was it, it was it was gorgeous. I, I felt so, really satisfied when he did that. I was like, yeah. And I was like, how does the rest of the movie work now? Because that was like the first 20 minutes of the movie. And then they had a little aftermath with um, with Tony. And then you jump five years ahead. I didn't expect the five year jump. It was nice. It was it was unexpected. It had a little bit of like I was a little disappointed that the Professor Hulk thing didn't happen in the first movie. Yeah, the Professor Hulk. I I really enjoyed that. In one of the original scripts, he was supposed to work his work his deal out with the Hulk in the first movie and become Professor Hulk at the end of Infinity War. I wonder what changed that. Um, they thought it was just too much. It would it it was better to do it during the five year gap, and it also made a nice little surprise in Endgame. So yeah, and it was it. I think it it was a kind of a neater wrap up uh, to say that he he's like I went in there for I went into a gamma lab for eighteen months and and did this. So for me, I, I thought that worked out a little bit better because it didn't have, they didn't have to jam it into a movie. One of the things I liked 
was how Scott Lang comes back. He does everything his character you would expect him to do. He comes back. He figures out what happened. He goes to the monument. He sees his name on it. And he's like, holy crap. He's like, don't be Cassie. Don't be Cassie. Don't be Cassie. Oh, my God. <laughs> Dude, when he went to the door and I was just like, I was the opposite. I was like, I was like, please let it be her. Let it be her. Please, 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 please. Because like he's already had so much shit happen to him. I mean, granted, being in the quantum realm, he only felt like he was gone for five hours. But I was just like don't be her don't be her like don't don't be gone don't be gone don't let it be his ex-wife and be like she we haven't seen her in five years Uh, because i would have lost him shit well one of the great things about that five-year jump is we can get stature now who cassie is in the comics oh yeah yeah that works and that's probably going to be in the third ant-man movie that would be awesome it would be even better if we find out that she's been stature for five years oh my gosh yes she went to where she knew her dad was staying with Hank Pym. Yeah, so she went to the lab and figured it all out on her own. And then, well, you... And she so spent Pym five for, years studying studying Pym quantum particles. astrophysics. And Pym particles. Oh, that'd be great. She reinvented Pym particles on her own. <laughs> Barely. She's like, like, he sees her test scores and she's just like... <laughs> he's just like, how do you know all this? She's like, I had to do something for five years. There, there's, you know, there's another cool thing that could have happened too. Like she could have been exposed to pin particles f- through her dad's stuff and like developed the powers in her childhood just from growing up around them. And she doesn't need the pin particles to do it. It's like her own natural ability now. Oh, that'd be beautiful. Be crazy as hell, but it'd be fun. But the thing I liked about Scott Lang is his little arc at the beginning of the movie. Really, I mean, he goes through his journey he makes sure his daughter's safe and then he's like i have a solution (laughs) he's like i can fix it (laughs) oh my god i just read something very funny that hurts my head i will wipe out half the universe what if the population is odd is an odd number it rounds i guess (laughs) that there's a dude walking around with ashed legs Everything balanced. Ah, it wasn't like it's just gone. No, I felt everything. It hurt so bad. Uh, wherever they go, I, it's somewhere where they know what's going on because somebody's tickling my legs. And um, I feel it. So we get the five-year jump and we see what the Avengers have been up to. So I got to say this now. Top of the top of it is Captain Marvel's hair went from where is Thanos to where is the manager? Oh, Karen Danvers. I love her. I know her name is Carol, but I said Karen because, you know, I use the word Karen. Do you know about Karen's? Oh, Karen is usually the the, the, the one. Where is the manager haircut person? Yeah. <coughs> that was a lot of noise, Mikey. I bumped my mic. I'm sorry. You, you are not forgiven. Oh, well, I'll just have to burn in hell. So... I like this. We've never done a going through the movie play by play. Let's continue this. Forget about the outline. Yeah, I'm enjoying this. Well, and then the one thing was I felt like the one the, the first heart tug for me was when Tony actually did get back to Earth. Like he thought he was going to he thought he was straight up going to die. And then Captain Marvel finds him. Now, he comes out. and they, I don't know. I, I doubt Robert Engineer actually did the methodology and actually lost all the weight. I think it was a CG ploy for it. But Oh no! Damn. It was CG. It was you yeah. could see it. Yeah, my thought. Pardon me. Oh my gosh, that was very rude of me. I had a yawn. Um, 
like it tugged at my heart because uh, first of all, you're sitting there and he's talking to Pepper like that, and he's talking about how you know they ran out of food, their 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 water's gone. He's barely making it. I mean, my only thought is, thank goodness Nebula doesn't really have to eat, or else it would have been he would have been screwed. But just the thought of him coming back, and he's just like, and he had to tell, and he his first words out to Cap aren't like "good to see you" or like or like "I'm glad you're you're still alive" or anything. It's "I lost the kid," and that hurt it, a it lot. Kept that emotional moment live from the first one. It really did, because I remember I was ruined after I saw the first one. Oh, I yeah, I was ruined too. Especially, uh, I don't know if you know this, but you know, Spider Man is my number one for Marvel. Well, yeah, I knew that. I'm yeah. he's mine too. He he's my he's my big one. And so to see that happen when that happened, I was like, I was already destroyed. And then a week later, a friend of mine's like, Oh yeah, they just announced. You know, the reason why Peter took so long to Ash and why he said he didn't feel good is because first of all, his healing ability as Spider Man was trying to keep the Ash from happening, and two. He didn't feel good because his spider sense was literally going insane trying to tell him that big danger's coming. And I was just like, oh. So, it like, I was just like, oh, oh man. I will say, though, it was funny when he taught Nebula the, the football game. Oh, we would save that. We're, we're past that. I know, let's, I'm just saying, that was going. fun. I'm just, trying yeah. to, I'm just trying to play that real quick. Well, I wrote picture. it down so we could bring it up later. So That's let's just fine. get through the movie. <laughs> You're jumping all over the place. If you forget something, you can't go back to it. Yes, you can. No. Uh, Avengers Endgame proved you can. Touche. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but we're going to have to wait five years. Oh, well. So, but, okay, so right out, and then, so there's five years, and it looks like Cap has been, he's, he's running a support group, I think. Yeah. Uh, he's he's it's, running it's it, I believe. perfect thing for Cap to be doing. Yeah, I like that they were doing it at a VFW, so I thought that was fitting. Uh, but talking about moving on, and he mentions Peggy, and when the, when he mentioned Peggy, I knew almost right away that she was gonna have she was gonna play some kind of part in this story, whether it would just be for for him personally or if she was actually gonna show up. I, I knew there was gonna be some play towards it. So, but just like they're they're maintaining after. Like the in the five years they're maintaining and trying to, well, trying to, you know, play play damage control for what's going on because you know you know some good like yeah bad people got snapped but also a lot of bad people stayed as as we can tell and you know it's basically across the galaxy that there's all of this turmoil happening because basically you know it's like Captain Marvel says you know you know Earth has Avengers not not every planet does. Kind of, kind of the gist of what she said. So with with that, I thought that was a good moment to have. It was, you know, it explains why not everybody's on Earth. And um, did you see the little look between Rhodey and Captain Marvel? Yeah, I noticed that, but I couldn't, I couldn't place really what that was. It was a nod to the comics where they have a romantic relationship. Uh, okay, all right. So I, I didn't. I never knew that her and Rhodey in the comics had a relationship. We're at the forty-minute mark on our podcast, so I'm going to move on a bit. We're gonna we're gonna get through this. Go to the night, yeah, because we're we're I'm 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 slogging through basically story the story development section of the movie. Like, let's yeah. uh, take us to the next big bite. So we have the new Avengers five years later, and then we move on to Scott Lang shows up, gives a solution. He travels around, finds Hulk, and then we have the big surprise. Let's talk about that. 
The big surprise is Professor Hulk. He is now Banner in the Hulk body, which I think is great, considering he had a giant-ass mixing bowl full of eggs. They took the thing away from it, though. They did do one thing. In the comics, Professor Hulk was a little different. In the comics, if Professor Hulk got mad, he turned into a raging Banner. I never knew that. Yeah. He turned into Banner? Raging, like the Hulk. Oh, my God. That's funny. <laughs> it was like they reversed it. I want them to do a, to do a movie about the 18 months, and in the 18 months before he perfects Professor Hulk, he turns into the gray the gray Hulk, Mister Fix. Oh, Mister Fix, it would be cool. That I, would I, be. Yeah, I that was my um my first Hulk was the Green Hulk on the show, but my first comic Hulk was Mister Fix It. Oh, he was. Mm-hmm. I remember going through the Mister Fix It and going like, holy crap, this is terrifying. But it was it was good. I enjoyed it. I remember when you and I actually first met, we were talking and you looked at me and you said, so who do you think the Red Hulk is? Because they didn't know who the Red Hulk was uh, in the comics back when you and I first met. Spoilers, everybody. It was General Thunderbolt Ross. Which I thought was super fucking ironic and beautiful. And and the Red She-Hulk was Betsy Ross. Betty Ross. Betty Ross. Yeah. Yeah. I get names wrong. I I called the Red Red She-Hulk almost instantly. I was like, that's Betty. If the Red Hulk is the Roke, what's the Red She-Hulk? The Red Shirok? <laughs> the, the She-Rok? I She-Rok. guess it's the She-Rok. Yeah, She-Rok. But She-Rok. it's Red She-Hulk, so it's like She-Hulk. She-Rok, She-Rok. <laughs> Welcome to our podcast, everyone. <laughs> um, so I was, I was very track. happy about that. But also, so, okay, real quick on the, on the Professor Hulk, honestly... He seemed genuinely happy. Oh, apparently I have an alarm clock set for on my phone for 9 a.m. How about that? You're, I turned it you off. Win, you win at podcasting, Mikey. I know, right? It's a, it's a winning Saturday. I, I blew vape into my mic when it wasn't muted earlier, so, you know, <laughs> we're, we're both great podcasters. Oh, man. Um, so, okay, so they come up with the plan. Then we get to... Um, Rocket and um, who did Rocket go to? Um, oh, Rocket and Professor Hulk go to New Asgard. Nope. Yeah. Rocket and Thor go to New. Oh, New oh. Asgard. I thought you were talking about the the jump back. New Asgard. No, yeah. Rocket and Hulk. New, and, and, Professor and, Hulk and, is, and Professor Hulk. You get yeah. that great scene where Professor Hulk's in the back of the truck. I loved that so much. And then we get the big reveal of they brought Valkyrie back. No, oh, ha, ha, you're funny. <laughs> <laughs> we get the I, I, I said that, I, like, I like Valkyrie. We get the big reveal of body positive Thor. Yes. <laughs> and I love how he doesn't care and it never comes up. People make fun of him, but he never is like, he's I need to get back in shape or anything. Yeah. He's and a, he he's just, just like, stays oh, that way. Like he's like, yeah, me. What's up? Yeah, I'm Thor. He doesn't even pay attention to it at all. And I thought that was great. And I, I'm, I love how everybody thinks that uh, uh, Noob Master sixty nine is secretly Loki, uh, tr- is tr- Loki secretly trolling his brother. Well, you know what the joke was, right? The joke was that Thor fought a troll. Yeah, and he, and they keep calling him a troll. Yeah, because it, it, it was supposed to be, you know, Thor fighting a troll. Yeah, that, that was the joke because it yeah. was an internet troll, but it was Thor fighting a troll. Yeah, and I thought it was very fitting that it was on freaking Fortnite. And then, um, 
Natasha goes and gets Clint Barton. That one hurt. Okay, that's the that is the very opening scene that broke my heart because it was him and his family and like and then to see how like where he had gone. Oh yeah, that was how the I movie just, started and we skipped that completely. Yeah, we because we were talking we were we were very um, fairly much uh, most uh, dove into Thanos. Then I'm not Thanos. I'm not really on board with um, Clinton Barton's coping mechanism. Uh, no, but he because he went down basically the darkest road you can. Well, he he the way I got it was his family was taken in the snap and he thought that was unfair that bad people survived the snap. So he decided to take all the bad people. I mean, it's a very Batman-esque way of thinking about it It, because he's like, okay, I'm going to punish you people because, you know, my family was good people. Then they got taken and you're bad people and you didn't. So we're going to equalize this out. Well, there's this overarching thing with Natasha and Clint's story where Clint was originally way back in the day sent to kill Natasha and he saved her instead. And now Natasha is trying to save him. And that's going to come up later. Yeah, that's the way they that's the way basically them paying debts. And I think it was Budapest where they ended where he saved her, because if you when they when they go. When they take off to go find the Soul Stone, he he says, you know, long way from Budapest. I really hope the Black Widow movie is about that. Oh, my gosh. I thought I was the only one because I want it to be about what happened in Budapest so friggin bad. Of course, I, I did also really want them to put them um, to put in that he was mostly deaf into the movie and then but have played it off like he was fine. Like, it's, seriously, they really like, could have done it just by having a big giant explosion go off and everybody reacts to it and he doesn't. Or he just turns around slowly like it was just like a quiet thing. I think Barton's arc from Thor to Endgame is beautiful, but it's it it's it's almost like its own little movie separate from all the other movies because he never gets his own movie. He just gets little moments in the other movies. And I think it, and I, I, I really do think it's beautiful. So, all right, so let's skip all the planning the time travel. I mean, the baby scene was funny, and we, we skipped them going to Stark and someone going, peed my someone peed my travel. pants. Oh, well, well, first we have the. What do you think about his daughter Morgan? The cute kid. I think she's Cassie's replacement. <laughs> I think she's. I thought she was wonderful, and I really, I'm really happy she now exists. She had some great lines. She really did. Mommy told me to save you. <laughs> And I was like, and you're doing a good job. Oh, it was beautiful. I mean, it's into the time travel where they they all find a way to GPS through the quantum realm and get to specific points in time in which they need to each nab an infinity stone. So let's break this down. Um, Banner is go Banner, Lang, Rogers and Stark go to 2012. Yep. Um Rocket and Thor go to 2013. They go to Asgard 2013. Yes, the Dark World. Yeah. Um, Nebula and Rhodes go to 2014. Where they find uh, the Power Stone. Um, And um, Natasha and Clint go to the same time. They go to 2014, but they go to a different place. Yeah. I love that little scene where they were like, there's a time in New York where where there's three stones there at the same time. Yeah, they're like, holy shit. Um. So the time stone goes right and we get some cool we we learn that the wizards were helping. 
Yeah, we learned that the sorcerers were helping. actually there, helping fight. Which I'm not surprised because you know Bleecker Street was right during it was in that perimeter, and she has to protect the sacred spots. I also like how they did it in secret. They weren't ready to come out yet. That's why we never heard of them before. Yeah, they kept it to themselves because they were protecting it. And I love how the ancient one knew the future. Yeah, I. She's like, you're a little early. <laughs> he's like, I'm looking for Doctor Strange. Uh, he's he's actually performing surgery, like I think she's like ten blocks away, and she's like, oh well, it's like, okay, you're about five you five years too early. Cause she you, that just proves that she knew everything that was going to happen, especially since she said that Stephen Strange was supposed to be the be- is supposed to be the best of us. I I love the part where Batter tells her it, she's like not going to do it at all, and then he's like, but, but he gave her he gave. Thanos the stone and he's like oh well then I have to do it <laughs> because he obviously knew and he's going to be a yeah. good sorcerer supreme so I'm going to trust him <laughs> yeah that's when that's why she said you know he was supposed to be he's supposed to be the best of us so he wouldn't have done it without a and he's like yeah so he wouldn't have done it without a reason um we get so okay so we oh I have a cat on my lap let's make sure this isn't a disaster are you going to be good I'm good okay be good kitty Okay. Um, she she really like makes it. She's like, if you don't do everything right and pet me the exact right way, I'm gonna rip your headphone cable out of the microphone. Um, so Stark, Lang, and Rogers and the Hulk go after the Tesseract and the Mind Stone. And the you know the Mind Stone, the Tesseract, which is the Space Stone, and the Time Stone, which is the Eye of Agamotto. Yes. I don't know why I was like, you didn't the mention time, the Mind Stone. I'm like, no, no they go after stone. the Mind Stone, yeah. Mind the, Stone, the, which the is Hulk in the, after the Pokey time staff. Stone. Yeah, Loki Pokey Staff. So we get some great funny scenes with Loki. I missed the Captain America fight because I was in the bathroom. I oh, the my God. Okay, so Steve is, he's got like, okay, first of all, he gets in an elevator and he's like, I'm going to need the case. And this is everybody from, from Winter Soldier. And they're like, I, I saw I, that. I saw the hell high. No, I'm saying it anyway. I don't care. It's oh. a good, this is the lead in because it's a nod towards the comics. And he's like, I'm going to need the staff. And he's like, I got to think from this, from the, uh, the, the Senator or the secretary. I can't remember what he said. And he's like, I can't remember what they called Re- uh, Robert Redford in uh, winter soldier. But he's like, yeah, he's like, you got to give it to me. And he's like, I'm going to have to call him. And he just leans in and he goes, hell Hydra. And I was just like, oh, shit. And we just see him walking out of the elevator with it. That was the best part. That was the best part. Well, that's that's the nod towards Captain America being a a Hydra agent in the comics. Yeah, and they – I love the nod to the elevator fight scene too because we were all expecting another elevator fight scene. I I really – that and I really expected him to be like – like I expected it to be another fight scene like you said and him go, if nobody wants out, now's your chance. I think it was a good reversal. It was very good. Like he walked out of there real nice. It was great. I loved it. Uh, somebody posted a thing. It's like when you play, well, when you go back and play an earlier level and you know exactly what to do. And it just shows Steve saying hail Hydra and he gets it and he's walking out and you're like, awesome. And then at this point, Loki's gotten away with the space stone. So you're like, ah, oh, geez. Okay. How are they going to ha- handle this? And then like, he's up, he's up in the top of the tower. And then the past Steve is like, I've located Loki. I found Loki, and he's he's like, I I'm not Loki, and he's like, yeah, okay, and they start to and like they just start wailing on each other. Like Cap fighting Cap is it was beautiful because the modern Cap 
for Endgame doesn't have his his helmet on, doesn't have his hood on, and then the old Cap from the first Avengers does have his hood on. So you can that's how you tell them apart. And at one point they both fall like five or six stories and just hitting ladders and balconies or not ladders stairs and balconies and you know overhangs as they go. It's not a a straight fall. It is them. Pardon me. It is them literally falling into shit and getting hurt and they keep fighting. And at one point, Steve go the, the uh, old, the, I'm going to sing old Steve because it's the original Avengers Steve. The original cap goes, I could do this all day. <laughs> and modern cap is slowly getting up. He goes, yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I need to see it again. I've, I, I, I don't normally see movies twice in the theater, but this is one that I'm like, I need to see this again. There's all sorts of little things. I went to the bathroom twice. I have, I, I have, I have, I got, I got the medal. I got the no bathroom medal. I, I, I did the whole movie no bathroom. Achievement unlocked. Achievement unlocked. Yeah. Um, so, but he, he knocks him out. <laughs> he straight up knocks him out, and he looks down at, at unconscious Steve, and he goes, "Yeah, that is America's ass." <laughs> <laughs> funny oh wow do you know the whole ass joke came because they they've been planning the ass jokes since the first poster with captain america in it no i didn't know that i knew they were they were they it was a whole twitter thing where they were sharing pictures of the ass poster on twitter (laughs) nice and america's ass was a twitter quote before the comment before the movie came out they added it in so um roadie and nebula we get to see Star-Lord dancing from someone else's perspective. And he looks like a douche. <laughs> when you can't hear the music, I was laughing my ass off when they show the perspective of not being able to hear the music of what someone looks like doing that. And they're like, and he's like, that's him. You're like, yeah, he's an idiot. Man. Yeah, he is. <laughs> and they just knock his ass out. Oh, I, beautiful. I, I kept on looking for them to do the boot jets over the chasm, and they didn't They didn't get that far. I wanted to see the boot jets over the chasm, because that was my favorite part of that dancing scene from Guardians. Oh, me too, for sure. I thought that scene was great. So I think that's enough to talk about that particular part. Yeah. I mean, I let's skip the whole double nebula stuff. Which I was just like, I saw what they were going to do with her right off the bat. I, I saw that coming. It's clever. I like the connected to the same network thing. The the no that part no that yeah that was clever that part. I mean the 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 old switcheroo. I'm gonna be the good. I'm gonna pretend to be the good one, and then I'm gonna make sure you get to the present so we can get the stones. I'm like, uh, oh come on. There's other ways of doing that. So Natasha and Barton Soulstone. Natasha dies. I didn't want to say it. It broke my heart. But I will say out loud in the theater when I saw them both running for the ledge, I I out loud with every ounce of conviction in me said, if you do it, Clint, I'll never forgive you. (laughs) I out loud. My wife looked at me and she was like, what? I wanted it to be Natasha. I I she deserved that sacrifice. She deserved to be able to do that. I think. You couldn't take that away from her. I I agree with that. Um, I I knew it had to be her because you know she people have sacrificed people especially Barton have sacrificed for her and it was her turn to sacrifice and 
I, I knew it was going to happen with her, but at the same time, I was just like, I don't want, I don't want any either of them to die. They have to find a way. Throw the red skull over. So, um, how do you think that interaction went? With so Steve, Steve, so Stephen, um, <laughs> Stephen Stark go back in time again to the seventies. They go to New Jersey, which is at the time is the headquarters for Shield, the birthplace of Captain America. We get some great moments between. We get we get to see Peggy's office. We get a great moment between um, um, Stark Tony and his and father, his the two Starks, the two Starks, which I thought was beautiful, and I love how everybody talks about his beard. I yeah, it, it was nice to get that that whole like resolution of the daddy issues. Yeah. Cause he's like, he finds out cause he thought his dad was this like great guy who knew everything and just didn't care. And he finds out, Hey, yeah, your dad was just a guy. He, yeah, he was a smart guy, but he was just a guy and he didn't know how to dad and he didn't know how to dad. He was going into it blind. And, you know, Tony thought his dad had all the answers and then he was freaking about raising Morgan. And then he turns around and he's like, Oh, he was making it up as he went along. I thought it was great. So then we get Cap with Peggy, which he made him realize he wasn't over her and he couldn't because the one big heartbreak about Natasha dying was that I had always hoped that one day him and her would just be like, hey, you're lonely. I'm lonely. You you want to make this happen? Because it, it the scene where he shows up after his 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 group meeting, it kind of felt like it was starting to head that way a little bit. And then that happened. And then we jump back to the present. They all come back and Clint is destroyed. One of the best friends he'd ever had. Like the only other person I honestly think truly got him besides his wife was now gone. So and he knew she wouldn't come back. The whole gun does the snap. Now, there's a lot of discussion online about this, about how it was mostly gamma radiation. So it should have made him stronger. But the director Mostly, came out and gave a verdict on it. What was the verdict? His arm is permanently screwed. Because, yeah, it was mostly gamma radiation, because it, but it wasn't just gamma radiation. It was a lot of other shit, too. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, I kind of want to, I, I would kind of like for, like, it's permanently fixed, but the next movie we see the Hulk in, something happens and he truly rages and, like, the arm fixes, like, a little bit. Like, it's still scarred, but it goes back to its muscly self. Like something like that, where I think would be really neat. Like he gets so pissed that the his his muscle growth factor kicks back in on that arm. I think that'd be beautiful. I I, I think we need to get a Hulk movie. We need a Hulk movie. I a lot of people are like, oh, I don't like Ruffalo as the Hulk. I'm like, I like Ruffalo as the Hulk. Yes, Edward Norton was good. I think he he embodied Banner well. But I really like Mark Ruffalo's Banner, especially now that he's running as Professor Hulk. Well, I think the Hulk should be the main character in the Eternals movie. He should be the way that the Eternals are introduced to us. I can get behind that idea. I could really get behind that. I like that. So I'm going to go quickly to, because I want to get to the fight. Oh, we have to get to the fight. We, we undo the snap, and then Lang goes outside, and then the spaceship crashes through the time travel. And we, then the ex- when they fired the first shot and you see him fly backwards, I was like, don't kill him. He got cat. He has Cassie and he's going to finally have hope back. And then you find out he just shrunk to avoid like, so he didn't get too hurt from the explosion. I was just like, Oh, thank God you time. Oh, back. he's one of the most powerful Avengers. Oh, for sure. Considering he can ba- basically disappear and still punch you with the force of a guy who weighs 150 pounds. I think it's just great. So we have Nebula convinces Pascamore to betray Thanos. 
we get um, Nebula kills future Nebula, fu- present Nebula kills past Nebula. Yeah, you can and say good and bad. We get. Um, oh, I know, I know you. Whew, father, I found it. And he just looks up like, wait, what? <laughs> then we get a big giant fight with Thanos, and then we I, get. I liked. I, I and I have to say the thing for the thing with Thor and him finally getting that talk with his mom. And it truly was a gift because it really opened his eyes to, you know, he may be what this stuff is like. He may have become this thing of like a bundle of nerves and depression. But she basically sat there and said, you're still you. You're, you know, you have all these things. And then his Mjolnir scene was cute because he's like, I'm still worthy. And I'm like, yes, you are. Um, What do you think about the argument that the Thanos fight should have been an easy fight when he didn't have the gauntlet? I disagree because he fought he was not younger but he was still not fatigued. That's why he he was going completely fresh when he fought Hulk, those three. When he fought Hulk before he was actually tired from fighting Stark and them. Yeah, uh, you know whenever he got to the whenever he got to Wakanda to get the Mind Stone in Infinity War. So he he was fresher. Plus, I think he had an idea of because he said, show me everything. So he had an idea of how they were going to fight, I think. And then we get. Um, oh, that's a good point. That's a really good point, Mike. That's something I hadn't thought of. Also, he also like, had his armor on and he had a sword. Yeah, I liked the they're like, they're like, yeah, you're going down there. Yeah, you know, it's probably a trap. Yeah, I'm going. He's like, yeah, you're most likely right. Still going to go anyway. Oh, yeah. So we get a nice fight between them, and then Steve Rogers stands up against Thanos' army. One of the biggest holy shit moments. Me and like almost a lot of people in that in the theater jumped to our feet during this one particular moment. When Captain America picked up the hammer. When Captain America fought with Mjolnir and wielded it like a boss. He was just amazing. Like he fought with that hammer like he'd been using it his entire life. It was beautiful. It was very accurate to the comics, and I loved it. And then he lost the hammer, and Thanos breaks his shield. And that made me think of Stark's vision from Age of Ultron. Yep. Uh, me too. I thought of it too. Because right after that, you know, if I'm right after that, don't you see the giant worm guys coming out of the ship? And then we get the on your left moment. Yep. Oh. And the, it, it's like impossible to describe. It's just everybody. <laughs> okay. So when the Black Panther walks through, my okay, okay. So my wife, she had just seen Black Panther two days before. It was her first time seeing Black Panther. And so Black Panther walks through with I can never remember the name of his 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 guard, his captain of the guard. I but I love her. I got like a bad crush on her. Um and his sister, she like it's when those three come through, she looks over and sees them and she goes, Black Panther's there. He fucked up. <laughs> I was just looking at my wife and I was like, yeah, yeah, he did fuck up because I like Black Panther, especially that Black Panther. It was just great. And just everybody coming through and the little quip between Wong and and Stephen Strange was great. Let's just talk about favorite moments of the battle, because going through the battle play by play is impossible. It is. But I'm just like those like the quip. He's like, is this everybody? You want me to bring more? So I want to say instant kill mode. Yeah, it was just one of the greatest. The instant ever. kill mode with the with the armor. I the Spider-Man's armor. The little reunion between Spider-Man and Stark. 
That was that was great. Uh, he explains everything. He's like, how oh, yeah, you? You know, we're back. You know, he snapped, and then we would, we turned to ash, but then we came back. And Doctor Strange said it would have been like five years, and we're gonna do this. And uh, Tony just hugs him. Oh, this is nice. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, he does like Stark did it because he wanted a second chance with the kid. Like that's if you boil it down, it was really he wanted a second chance with the kid. He wanted Spider Man to live, and it was just beautiful. And the insta kill mode with with with, with Spider Man, and he's like, I got it, and he's going, and he's like, insta kill mode, and all of a sudden the legs came out, and it just starts stabbing the enemy. And I was like, damn, Spider Man could do it, and then he started getting overrun, and I was like, shit. He did good. He, I mean, he's still kind of a new Spider Man. He still hasn't really I, shown his full powers yet, but I mean, he was one of the best ones there. He was kicking butt, and I loved it. Hey, uh, I'm Peter Parker. Hey, Peter Parker, you got something for me? We had the Avengers A team. Dude, the Avenger, I'm sorry, but the lady, the whole that, That's what I'm lady, talking about. Yeah. Dude, when they all formed up and they just started wailing, I was like, I leaned over to my wife instantly and I was like, we need a women Avengers movie, like an all women yeah. Avengers movie to happen. And she goes, I'd buy four tickets to that bitch. <laughs> and then we got the headbutt, which I was like, fuck, because he, he straight up headbutts her and she just looks at him like. Okay, I'm pissed off. We got the Scott Lang Giant Man well punch. Which was beautiful. Dude, like, he punched that thing, and I was like, shit. I was really disappointed that there was no Hulk in the fight. I mean, there was no Hulk in the fight starting in... I mean, we got a little bit of Hulk at the beginning of Infinity War, but then no more Hulk. Yeah, plus, like... The Hulk is basically gone. He's He's been a Banner's mentality with all this power. Like, he has no no drive to fight like especially when they go back to when they go back to the battle of new york he's there, like, he's like oh yeah he's like you better smash some things on the way he goes yeah and he's like and he just hits the car and throws a motorcycle and then it's like you you don't have that instinct to just fight anymore so big giant fight and then i am i am iron man snap oh, oh my god like Okay, first of all, he's getting ready to snap, and like Marvel gets him first, and I'm like, oh, good, yeah. And then Tony comes up and gets him, and then he's like, and he holds up his fingers, and he's about to snap, and he goes, I am, I am inevitable, and he snaps, and nothing happens, and he sees the stones are gone, and then I'm like, instantly I just went, no. And you see Tony hold up his hand, and you see the the suit taking the stones and putting them in the in the gauntlet configuration on his hand, and I'm like, Tony, 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 and he says, I am iron man and he snaps and i was just like oh no i had no i i did not see it coming at all i didn't it was clever it was so clever to have the the nanotechnology take the stones i thought that was just and it was the perfect closure to his arc it was just it was beautiful i tears started to well up instantly and I was just like, Tony, oh no. And then, you know, she says, Friday, she's like, vital signs are critical. And then she just looks at Tony, Piper looks at Tony and she says, we're okay. We're going to be okay. You rest now. And I'm starting to cry again. Shit. And fuck, I'm sorry. And that's when I lost it. Like I wouldn't, I, I wasn't, I was full. I was just in tears instantly when that happened. 10 years of buildup. I mean, and we got the, we got Pepper in her rescue armor. Which I thought was beautiful. She didn't do much rescuing, though. <laughs> I know it's funny. Her name is Rescue, but it was, that was like one of the biggest battle armors. Like because like the me. yeah, because like her her armor in the comics is doesn't. I don't even think it has many weapons. It's just 
It's just it's, got the standard repulsors, if I yeah. remember it, and, and it's designed more to get for speed and to get in and out and help people. But in, like, in the movie, it's just like beautiful bit of tech that is just designed to murder. So it's okay. aftermath it doesn't wear anything. I make her anyway. Aftermath, we have funeral. <sighs> okay, question: Do you know who the lone boy, who the lone man was standing the kid by? Kid from Iron Man Three. Thank you. You were the first person that knew it right off the bat. I had to look it up. I looked it up during uh, the credits while I was I, waiting for the credits for the non-existent after credit scene. I knew I knew it instantly. Um, and my wife leaned over and she goes, who is the kid by himself? I was like, that's the kid from Iron Man 3. That's the kid that helps him to recharge the suit. You know, the one who gets the tricked out garage because he helped Tony. And she goes, oh, shit, that was the kid. I was like, yeah, that was the kid. She goes, oh, that is so cool. I was like, yeah, it was a good nod, wasn't it? Um, um. And then we we have Steve's ending, um, and we're, we'll, the we'll talk they more said it about. Steve, well, the moment they said it was Steve going back was the moment I said he's not coming back. Yeah. The moment they said Steve, you're going to take him, I was like he's not coming back. And they're like, but, uh, one of my friends is like, no, he has to come back. He has Mjolnir now. I was like, he was taking Mjolnir back to its time and play, to its proper time. He's taking. He has to take it. He's taking it back to to Asgard. And sitting and just setting it down somewhere so Thor can call it again. And then they're saying that's why it took it a minute for the the hammer to come to Thor in in that one scene in Dark World. It was because it wasn't there for a moment. So Gamora was done after the battle. Did she get dusted? Uh, no. Gamora was Thanos' sacrifice for the Soul Stone. No, but the 2014 Gamora. Oh, that is a very good question. Because Quill's going off to search for, she and I, Quill I, didn't go with the Guardians. Quill went off on his own to search for, and he he found he 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 said she was still alive. Yeah, he 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 said he was he, they needed to find her. I think she survived because I think she renounced being part of his forces, and I think that really did save her. And but she was lost because you know Thanos, somebody that this Gamora has known forever, was gone. Do you and think Quill will be in Guardians 3? I think she will be. I think her being in Guardians 3. Quill, 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 that. Oh, Quill? Yeah, yeah no, yeah, because, yeah, Quill went uh, in the end, at the end of Endgame. He's there with Thor and He wasn't Rocket. in the ship. He didn't go with them. He went separate, didn't he? No, Quill was I with I need them. to watch it again. The Quill and Thor have that quip about, you know, we're clear on who's in charge, Oh, right? yeah, you're right. I missed that. Yeah. yeah so like, they're, they're, in charge. Goes, of they're going to be the Asgardians of the galaxy. Yeah, I mean the Asgardians of the Galaxy, which is going to be great. Which is actually a comic. I've heard about this comic, but I never read it. Um, I think we pretty much covered the aftermath. Um, I thought it was a really nice nod to the first movie that his memorial under the lake was uh, his original arc reactor proof that Tony Stark has a heart. I think we're never really going to find out real aftermath until Spider-Man. Um, Far From Home, uh, the, the, the trailer that dropped a couple a few days ago now... Um, literally starts with Tom Holland saying, if you haven't seen Endgame, you need to turn this trailer off. Because the opening thing is him sitting on the plane with Happy crying, saying that he misses Tony. And then there's a nice part where he's in the in the Iron Spider suit, and he stops some, some robbers, and the cops are like, so what, you the new Iron Man now? He goes, no, I don't have no time. I'm too busy doing your job. Did you notice to the that cops, throughout I'm this like, entire... Did you notice throughout this entire recording, I never mentioned, I never actually said what happened with Tony? Yeah, that's true. You know why? Why? Because Heather's been behind me for the majority of this, and she hasn't seen the movie. She didn't go with you? No, she um, she's not caught off of an MCU, so she didn't want to see it yet. How far behind is she? Most movies. Heather! 
she's never made it through all, all the way through an Avengers movie. She, Heather. the original Avengers movie, she hadn't seen enough movies to keep her interest. Heather. Well, but she's seen Ant Man and she's seen Ant Man and the Wasp and she's news, seen though, Iron Man. They've announced that they are releasing a box set after uh, In Game comes to DVD that will house all of the movies. And you, I could, heard about the two hundred and fifty dollar thing. And it is sort and it's supposed to be sorted chronologically so you can watch it at an accurate timeline. So um, theories. Tony's dead. Yeah, and he's, gonna, and he's gonna stay dead. We're not gonna get hologram Tony. But we're going to get Tony voice because he's going to replace Karen. You think so? Oh, my God. I'm hoping. I, I hope that because, happens in Far From Home. Yeah, because in Far From Home, he has Tony's glasses. Oh, yeah. Which I can't wait for that movie. I'm so excited about it. I think it's going to be beautiful because uh, he's like has that total savage moment with the cops where he's just like, nah, I'm too busy doing your job. And just the the. The whole multiverse thing about the snap. I'm hoping it's a long con. Like, like it's just Mysterio finding a way to lie. And he's actually, like, doing this stuff to, like, to either, like, do con jobs or to make himself just look like a hero. Do you think that I want to talk more about about endgame theories? Um, I don't remember what I was going to say. Fuck. Never mind. Go on. <laughs> no, um, um okay yeah why, yeah i know what i was gonna is... ask i know what i was gonna ask i know what i was gonna ask go ahead are we gonna get another captain america movie starring the falcon um i think we are because he gave sam the shield and red red falcon captain america is comic canon and i would love to see that happen sam well the i can never remember the guy's uh anthony mackie i i think he deserves a go at his own movie even if were it's, you were you disappointed falcon. that it wasn't winter soldier no, I'm okay with it because personally, I thought Bucky was a terrible Captain America. Okay, I thought I, there, I mean, there's this a, whole trial in the comics for being for them like, well, you were you were basically a, a spy. You were you committed uh, heinous treason as the Winter Soldier. You're on trial for this, and like the whole movie being based around him having to go to Russia and escape the Gulag and and thwart probably like our newly reconstituted Hydra. Uh, as as this like fugitive Captain America, I think would be really cool. But I will say that. But I will say that I, it's a movie I can do without because I don't. I didn't really care for his for his Captain America in the comics. I think that the sand, the Red Falcon Captain America would be a better run for it. So I don't mind that there was a a skip over. See, I'm hoping we get a Captain America movie where a few people try to be Captain America, and it ends up being Sam Wilson ends up kind of like showing that he's the only real Captain America. Because I really, I, I was a big fan. I read all the John Walker Captain America comics, the U.S. Agent. Oh, you did. I did, and I've been like, it'd be neat if they had a little, if they did like a Captain America movie where other people show up trying to take the Captain America mantle. And deep down underneath all of it, it's a buddy cop movie with Falcon and Bucky. That would be because, cool. Because I want them to have a buddy cop movie so freaking bad since <laughs> since Civil War. Uh, could you move your seat up? No. Because the whole U.S. agent thing is sort of like a um, it's sort of like a evil Captain America, but not it's it's a corrupt Captain America. Um, he, he ends up be, and he's super patriot. He does super patriot, too. Yeah. Well, at time, well, also back in the 90s, wasn't he uh, just called the captain for a while? I don't remember that. 
Yeah, it was, it was like 80s or 90s. He was called just the captain because like apparently America was like, you can't call yourself Captain America or something like that. I can't remember. It's been so long. Um, but yeah, so for that, I'm hoping they do that. Um, there's rumors that there's going to be a, uh, a on the Disney Plus app. There's going to be an Agent Carter and Captain America uh, show based in the 40s, 50s and 60s where it's Steve and, and uh, Peggy going on adventures. Uh, I hope that's true. Um, I would like to is, know about the reunion of Steve Rogers and the Red Skull. I want to see that because I was hoping they would have put that in after credit scene. That's why I waited because I wanted to and I wanted to be exactly like what the the picture on the Internet that's floating around is where it's like oh, Steve Rogers, son of a bitch, you're still alive. <laughs> <laughs> I would love that. Um, Ironheart. Who's Ironheart? In the comics, in the comic continuity, she is an MIT student who was developing her, basically her own style of armor, uh, but she wasn't getting it to work. And Tony, who was retiring, saw potential in her and basically helped her out and helped her create her own Iron Man suit. And she became Ironheart. And for a long time, she was the mainstay for the Iron Man comic. Now, I would lie and one theory is that we will get Ironheart out of this but it's not going to be an MIT student I think that what we're going to get okay Iron- I, is yeah Riri Williams I I knew I didn't yes. think of her as Ironheart I think I think of her as Riri Williams yeah so it's not going to be her there's go we're going to have a long gap before another Iron Man movie and and then and the reason why for the gap is they're aging up Morgan and Morgan becomes Ironheart in well, honor I think of we're, her dad. we're open for more time jumps too. I mean, it's possible now that they have the G, now that they have the the quantum GPS. But I really, I would really like like that to be how it goes. Is you open up on maybe uh, that same house, but like the garage. You find out that the garage is actually like a front, like there's actually an underground area where it's Tony, where it's a Tony lab or something. And since his death, and she's wanting to be feel more connected to her dad, who she really didn't get to know all that much is she goes down there and just starts learning and learning. And maybe that's when we get the Stark hologram or, or maybe there's just some videos that he secretly did. And it talks about all the Iron Man stuff and all the things he tried to do. And she creates the Ironheart armor. I would be okay with iron kid too. Either one. Uh, but I, <laughs> I would like to see, I would like to see either a holographic Tony or a Jarvis Tony. Okay. Do you think we'll ever get the vision back? I think he's gone. I want white vision. That was my first vision was the white vision. Really? Yeah. Nice. I always thought the the multicolored vision was stupid looking because I got the white vision first. Uh, well, see, my first vision was the vision from the 1999 cartoon. And I want Nathan Fillion to play Wonder Man. Oh, my God. So bad. I want him to be Wonder Man so freaking bad. So a little aftermath before we end this episode that right. has nothing to do with um, Endgame. I saw Shazam. I still need to see it. Was it actually good? It was absolutely wonderful. It was uh, absolutely wonderful. And if yeah? you're if you're a fan of, I'm going to say Captain Marvel, if you're a fan of that character at all, you will like it. If you've read any, any, if you've read any Shazam. I Shazam has been one of my characters when they said they officially made him Shazam and not and not Captain Marvel. I was pissed. But well, they couldn't it. use it. They, they changed it to Shazam in the comics, too. Yeah, it, it's officially that. Yeah. Yeah. It's I been Shazam that. for a while, but it's 
kind of what one of the now. things you you if you have read any Shazam going as far as you want back, you will be very pleased. It was it was very cool. It was it was a nice fun movie and it had a really really cool ending. Oh, it did. Oh, it did. It did. It it it, it, it was very satisfying. It had a very very satisfying surprise at the end. No, no keyboard. <laughs> yeah, I still need to see it. Stupid cat. She's like, I love you. Now let me get on that keyboard. She never does it unless I'm recording. <laughs> I have to say that also, you know, it was a rough weekend and it's going to be a, continue to be a rough year for all that is nerdy because, you know, we had the final, we had, you know, phase three close out with Endgame. We had the end of season 14 of Supernatural, and, which you're still in shock from. Oh, my God, dude, that was just tense. We're, and we you got, I'm not going to say anything, but you weren't lying about about like them actually like I'm going to say this, but, you know, them getting swarmed. I was like, holy shit. And the song are three episodes away from the end of um, Game of Thrones. Two episodes. Episode five is tomorrow as as of our recording. It's such a short season. Only yeah, but um, episode five and six are going to be an hour and a half each. Well, the all of them have been an hour and a half since the third one. The third and the fourth were both an hour and a half. Uh, third one was only an hour and ten minutes. It was an hour and a half. I, I clocked it at an hour ten. Oh, it seemed like an hour and a half. I thought I looked at the time. I'll double check it, but I, I'm pretty sure it was it was an hour and ten. But regardless, oh uh, yeah, four was an hour and a half. And I really think that they're actually doing pretty good. Maybe it had 20 minutes of trailers at the beginning. Yeah, probably. It was probably it. Because they do that. There's, there's some, of the, some episodes, they do a lot of lean up. A lot of lead time. So we know we're going to get a Doctor Strange 2. Which is we know we're going to get. We're going to get a Guardians 3. We're, gonna, we're getting Spider-Man 2. We're getting Black Panther 2. We're getting Eternals. Which is awesome. And they pushed back in humans. I want to see a Hulk. I, I don't think Inhumans is ever going to happen. Um, well, most of it's done. I want to see a Hulk. I want to see um, a. Um, I want to. Oh yeah, we we have Black Widow coming too. Which now we know is going to be an origin story. For I sure. want West Coast Avengers. That'd be fun. I want that for sure. I want Fantastic Four. I want Fantastic Four done right. Me too. Yeah. And I want John. Kren- I want John Kreninski to play Mr. Fantastic. Yeah, that would be good. I I would like to see um, uh, Chris Evans play the Human Torch. <laughs> <laughs> he could do it now. <laughs> and I want there to be a line in there be like, anybody ever tell you you look a little bit like Captain America? Be like, ah, since I was a kid. <laughs> um, I it'd be really cool if they did some kind of the Fantastic Four has been around for a while. But they were in like, space when the Battle of New York happened. Yeah, they never like they. Like they they have like Fantastic Four's origin. What would be neat is if the Fantastic Four was in space during Endgame. Oh my gosh! They couldn't figure out why why Ben turned to dust. Oh oh, that'd be that'd be beautiful. I would be totally okay with that. Um, I have no desire to see any X Men in the MCU. I liked it being separate. Um, I would be okay if they showed up. I'm. I, I really wanted there to be an after credit scene and it be Deadpool in that in the white armor being like, all right, all right, I'm, all right guys, I'm ready. Let's go. Wait a minute. Where? What the hell? Where is everything? 
what the shit? Did I miss everything? <laughs> that would have been pretty cool. And there was, no, I, I didn't like the no after credits. I mean, I expected there not to be like a scene from the future after credits, but I was expecting some kind of joke. Me too, but we got, but we did get the hammer on the anvil. Meh. I thought it was, <laughs> I thought it was cute. Meh. I did, it, it, I did. It left most people going, what the hell? What is that? What is the clang, clang, clang? I don't get it. <laughs> it was Iron Man's, it was, um, well, if you remember when he made the first suit, when he shaped out the helmet, his mask, he did it on an anvil with a hammer. Oh, yeah, I know what it was. Well, no, I'm just saying that that's kind of the callback, you know? Yeah, the I get it. Nah. Yeah. <laughs> okay, uh-huh. we have we have 10 minutes to do a bonus episode, so we got to end this. Right. So we we went into a rambling detail of the entire Infinity War. When Eric comes back in the next episode, we'll do some favorites and we'll do some more discussion. We'll probably just have an Infinity War podcast, Infinity War Endgame podcast for a while. I'm thinking you do. You do also realize that uh, the first like five minutes of that episode is going to be her yelling at you. Yeah. (laughs) You son of a bitch. (laughs) Oh, so it'll be it'll be nice. (laughs) So um, thank you for joining me, Special Mikey. Thank you for having me. And this was Nerd Podcast Radio. Stay informed. Stay nerdy. Stay awesome. Say goodbye, Mikey. Bye. Show. 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 Show.